You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Monday? I apologize. I only got you four shows last week instead of five. During the offseason, that might happen here and there, but I will do my absolute best to get you five. And the last time we talked, I chatted with Dwayne McFarland, got rave reviews for that podcast. A lot of you hadn't heard of Dwayne before. And he mentioned the name of Ryan Miller. So since you and I sat down at my bar, I went out and I got a hold of Ryan. And he is with us today. Ryan, what is up, dude? Great to have you. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, Please preface this conversation by telling everyone where they can find you and what you're doing nowadays. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Miller NFL and also on Dynasty League Football. Got some articles posting this week. But yeah, right now just trying to crank out some content this off season for all the dynasty owners out there who know there's really no off season, but just getting ready to go back to school. Um going to uh graduate school and just trying to write as much content as I can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you are a young up-and-comer. How old are you? Uh, just 22. Very cool. You're ahead of the game for sure. I mean, I wish I would have been as involved when I was 22 as you are now. Um, a lot of you that follow me on Twitter, at Williamson NFL and listen to the Dynasty Blueprint with Ryan and I are familiar with, with Ryan McDowell and I are familiar with Ryan. But a lot of this audience, and we just talk basically NFL, and sometimes we have a fantasy spin to it. Might not be as familiar with his work, but all of you need to go follow him um, and check out some of the charts he's been putting out. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because yes, it's through a fantasy eye, but it also translates to the real world. And what we want to talk about today are his detailed fantasy, well, not even fantasy. I mean, they're, they're frankly, their quarterback statistical projections for 2019 Mm -hmm. And Ryan, I'm curious, how did you come up with these numbers? Yeah, so I looked at just previous history of all the coaches and their coaching styles, um, just previous offensive schemes, and just looking at the quarterbacks themselves and the talent surrounding them. And so using the last four or five years just of past production, kind of built out this projection model, which cascaded down to running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and defenses as well. Cool. And so this, this very much has an analytic background. I mean, like Dwayne mentioned, he, he respects your work, you respect his, mm-hmm. that there's very much a process here. It's not like, hmm, I, I think Ben Roethlisberger's going to have a good year. I mean, it's going back through the coaching trees, the history, the percentage of run versus pass, all those type of things, correct? Right. About 20, 30 hours of research that doesn't even make it onto the chart, you know? Okay. <laughs> Um, I am looking at the chart right now, and to no one's surprise, Pat Mahomes is at the top. And I want to—I don't want to paraphrase, but you said something along the lines of he's almost like every. I mean, last year he basically had the best statistical season of any quarterback in history. But even if he regresses X amount, he still will be light years above everybody else. Right. I mean, I have him dropping fifty. 52 points in terms of fantasy. Okay. Um, and he's still quarterback one by about 40 points, which is just it's insane. Massive. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I assume most of our listeners play fantasy. 
but some that don't. I mean, those are yeah. crazy, crazy numbers. I mean, right. for example, you're projecting him to throw for over 4,500 yards, um, mm-hmm. close to 40 touchdowns, and that's a regression. You know, 275 rushing yards. Again, that's a regression, but it's right. still high, a, a big gap from him to Cam Newton, who you have second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the biggest part of that is just the rushing of quarterbacks today you know that's just the way nfl is going more up tempo more passing games um and these quarterbacks have to adapt to both so even with some quarterbacks you know passing for like lamar jackson i have him throwing for 3200 yards which is very bottom 10 15 but he's still with his rushing for 715 yards you know he's one of the top for fantasy like we said but those dual threat quarterbacks you see them coming up like kyler murray lamar jackson josh allen pretty much all the quarterbacks drafted last year have some dual threat nature to them. And I think that's just the way the NFL is going. Yeah, it kind of wanted to bring me to number two and three on your list because Cam Newton and Matt Ryan have been doing this a very long time, but they get their numbers through different avenues. I mean, you have Ryan throwing for close to a thousand yards more than Cam and you have Cam rushing for about 500 yards more than Ryan, who isn't going to go anywhere with his feet. Right. Yeah. And that's, like we said, the offensive schemes, the talent surrounding them. You know, Cam Newton's got DJ Moore now, who is a rookie, and Christian McCaffrey. But beyond that, it pales in comparison to Muhammad Sanu, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Freeman, Austin Hooper. You know, and that's just part of the weapons and the coaching, the coaching preferences among them. Without question. And then the next guys on your list are Luck and Rodgers, who I think are very similar in terms of great passers, established high-end players, two of the best quarterbacks in the league, but I've also both I've classified them both as smart runners. Right, yes. And you see that with Aaron Rodgers with his hamstring in the past and he's tried to overextend and make too much of it. You know, you've seen that in the past. And I think that's part of why his rushing output is limited because, right, they run when they need to, but they have the arm and the intellect, just football IQ, to get it done yeah. in the pocket as well. I mean, the rest of your top 10, top 12 or so are all the usual names. I mean, guys like Watson, Winston, Breeze, Wentz, Rivers. But one name that stands out to me is that, I mean, number seven, first of all, quarterbacks are putting up crazy number now. In the world of fantasy, you can win with many, many different quarterbacks. But you have Jameis Winston all the way up at seven and (laughs) much more of his arm than his legs. I mean, I would imagine, again, not putting words in your mouth, but... I think you're probably somewhat excited about this whole change of coaching, his supporting cast, and contrary to popular belief, he put up big, big, you know, big uh, fantasy points and stats last year when he was in the in the game. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's where the biggest backlash has been for me on Twitter as well is the the Jameis love. But I mean, when you combine him and Fitzpatrick together last year, it's the most pass-heavy offense in NFL history. And so now with all of that going just to Jameis with a mind like Bruce Arians who can distribute it as efficiently as possible as we've seen in Pittsburgh and Arizona and Indianapolis too, um, I just think the sky's the limit for Jameis. I think a lot of the problems from last year probably came from off the field with all the drama and the constantly switching starters. And I think that if he can establish that confidence since he's so young, I think that can be a big sign for him as well. On a negative note, though, of the, your your top 20 projected quarterbacks, Winston, you have throwing the most interceptions, 
followed just by one by Roethlisberger. And I do a ton of Steelers stuff, and I caution people. I'm like, I know everyone talks about Ben is a great, and I'm not saying he isn't, but his decision-making and putting the ball in harm's way for both these guys is problematic. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, I think they try to extend plays kind of in the ways that Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers do, but I think they just – it's not quite to that level, which is why they have the interception – Touchdown interception radio ratios of about two as compared to Rodgers and Luck, you have it about five or six. Yeah, and that's a big deal in the real world. And, it, and it's mm-hmm. a consistent trend with both Ben and Winston. And I don't know that Arians, who coincidentally is going to coach both of them, is going to mm-hmm. reel that in a whole heck of a lot either. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where the defense needs to step up. And I don't know. I mean, the, the Bucks' defense seemed good on paper last year in some spots, but. Obviously, they got ravaged by injuries as well. But they got killed. Yeah, yeah. Without without the interception under control, it's going to be hard. They're going to be behind the eight ball like they were last year. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I'm high on the box because I'm a big Todd Bowles believer. I think the coaching will go a long way. I think the personnel on defense is better, and I do think Arians will get they'll maximize Winston. Although the the down parts will be there. I mean, the interceptions aren't going to go away like like you've laid out here. Right. Yeah. I think I think it went just about as bad as it could go last year for the Bucks, Right. Folks, I've told you a lot about this new Himalaya um, way of getting your podcasts. Obviously, you're very big on podcasts. The Himalaya app is free. It's super easy to use. Every single podcast that you love and are searching for. So what you need to do is find and download Himalaya on the App Store or Google Play Store. Don't forget to follow Locked On NFL once you're there. And when you get in your car, do me a favor and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NFL. I've also told you about Grip 6 belts before. Today's show is part brought to you in part by Grip 6 Ultra Lightweight Belt. No holes, no flap, and it's great Father's Day gift. So great, go to Grip 6. They have a special offer for you at grip6.com slash lock, L-O-K-E, after our founder, David Locke. All right, we are back with Ryan Miller, and you projected the fan or the the statistical output for next year of 29 quarterbacks to at least to for 16 games. And of course we <laughs> know guys will get hurt. But you have Flacco, Eli apparently getting benched, which I agree with. You have Haskins, <laughs> you know, with 11 starts, Keenum with 5, Daniel Jones with 3, Locke with 3. So I kind of want to ignore the guys that don't have 16 starts projected for them. And frankly, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I don't think Flacco will finish the season. I absolutely think Haskins might start the season, and I think we will see Daniel Jones at some point. But your lowest statistical quarterback, I want everyone to pause this real quick. Think about it for a moment. Who would it be? All right, pause, 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 is Nick Foles. And I've gotten some feedback from you guys listening. Boy, you hate the Jaguars, Williamson. They're going to be so much better. I don't know. I mean, I look at this offense and think, yes, they have to be healthier next year. Yes, Foles is better than Bortles, but I don't see a lot of production coming out of this passing game. Yeah, and and that's something I actually, my first article at DLF was about Foles and D.D. Westbrook. I think D.D.'s a great value just on his own, Yeah, but I I agree Foles just, when I was looking at his passes in Philly, even back to the Philly days, um, a lot of his throws were just short, intermediate, safer passes. And I just, with the way that the Jags have run their offense under Maroon, I don't know 
how that's really sustainable and going to get a lot of drives and just push the ball forward. You know, like I, I think Foles is a good quarterback, but in that system, I have him throwing for 3,300 yards, 18 touchdowns. And yeah, beyond that, not really a lot to get excited about against going up against AFC defenses. And of course, for your reasoning, you know, his lack of running really hurts him. And, but I think in the mm-hmm. real world, too, he's not going to get himself out of trouble. He's not going to create a whole lot on his own, tucking the ball and running. Uh, I think they're going to be in the market for a quarterback after the season yet again. Yeah, which is a shame with the deal that he got. I think it was four years. Um, and I think he's a great game, game manager. I think they just need more talent around them on both sides of the ball. You know, with Telvin Smith, uncertainty, and everything surrounding that. Um I mean, I think it's an upgrade from Bortles for sure, but in terms of Nick Foles lighting the league on fire next year, I don't really see that either. I see what you're saying. Uh, I mean, the next two worst guys on your list are Rosen slightly ahead of Darnold. And folks, you need to remember that Trubisky, Josh Allen, Lamar are greatly aided in this exercise by their rushing, you know, because we are talking fantasy points. Yeah, these ranks are from fantasy point perspective, for sure. So Rosen and Darnold don't have that going for them, but I will be—I am a little surprised that you have Rosen over Darnold. And it's not yeah. by leaps and bounds, obviously, but I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. I think some of that's from Le'Veon Bell. I think a lot of it's trying to estimate game flow. I did that in another thread of mine where I looked at just the strengths of schedule and projecting wins and losses. And I think a lot of Rosen can get a lot of garbage time, which may just help alleviate his passing numbers more than they probably should be okay near 3,500 yards so some of that's coming from there which can be a dangerous game to play if you're trying to estimate a whole season in May and June but I think some of that I think the Dolphins roster is much worse off as a whole right now than the Jets I like what they're doing and they're rebuilding but I don't think it's there right now so that's why I think some garbage time throws more so in Rosen's way than Darnold yeah I guess that adds up I mean I, I would think that Darnold, to me, I like his chances to be a successful quarterback through NFL standards in 2019 mm-hmm. more than I do Rosen's because I do think his supporting cast is better. I think the coaching change could help him. I like both prospects, but um, I can see where, what you're saying there in terms of the garbage time yardage. It is a real thing, and it can't be ignored, I guess, when you're doing uh, projections. But the other thing mm-hmm. that stands out, too, is... You have 16 interceptions for Darnold, which is one of the highest on the list. Um, a couple of the guys here in the bottom half of your rankings that are high interception guys are Darnold at 16, Jimmy G at 17, Josh Allen at 18, and Kyler Murray at 16. Your, your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, so I, th- I think it's just a lot of – it's some young guys. I think Kyler Murray, his yard per attempt in the NCAA, I believe, is the highest of all time. And it matches up great with Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's going to be a success. It's just in that rookie year, I think there'll be a bit of a learning curve in that aspect, especially when he's throwing deep to Christian Kirk, who's a bit smaller than the average wide receiver one on a team de facto. And Hakeem Butler is also a rookie. So I think some of it will come in there. I don't think a lot of them, or I don't think some of them will be Kyler Murray's fault. But same thing with Josh Allen, just gunslinger mentality. He does a lot with his legs, but he's shown some inaccuracy in the past. And, yeah, that's pretty much where that's coming from. Okay. 
Um, I have two more questions about the guys that fall in your bottom half of 16-game starters. Is You have Stafford really high on the attempts on that level, 591. And you have Cousins pretty high at well, as well at 582. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on Stafford. I think they're going to throw more, and people, I think, misconceive that as a heavy, heavy run offense. But I think the Vikes are going to lean more towards the running game than they have. Yeah, and we definitely saw that um, at times under DiFilippo the last three weeks. There mm-hmm. are a lot of, there's about 50-50 amount pass and rushing. And so my article Wednesday, sorry, not to plug an article or anything. No, but please Wednesday, do. I want people to Wednesday check it out. I've got, I think it's a really solid article on Stefan Diggs. And in that article, I talk about how the Vikings offense really looked under DiFilippo when the score was within 14 points either way, because they played the Dolphins, got to an early lead. We saw a lot of rushing attempts there. Um, same thing with against the Lions. And so when you look at it, just in the within two possession game, um, the balance, the offense is a bit more balanced in that aspect, a little pass heavier, more friendly. And so I think they will rely on Dalvin Cook a lot, but his health is risky. It Madison is. will be a rookie. Um, Latavius Murray is with the Saints now. So in terms of the passing attempts, I saw a little bit pass heavier than has been circulating on Twitter in the last three weeks under Filippo because a lot of that was game script adjusted as well. And so I think he'll have a lot of attempts. It's just a matter of how valuable those attempts will be. Yeah, okay. I, I guess that makes some sense. I like that way of thinking on that. Uh, folks, we're going to be back here in a minute, but first I want to tell you about Blue Chew. I've mentioned Blue Chew quite a bit. Um, let's talk about sex, guys. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Blue Chew. That's bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. I always bring this up during this read that I don't understand the whole pill where you make an appointment an hour from now. This is a much more efficient way of doing things. So, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So here's what you all have to do. Even if you don't think you need them, trust me, it will enhance your situation. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On, all one word. You pay five bucks shipping. That's all you got to do to get a much more, uh, a much better product than what you get for five bucks. That's for sure. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. Now, I find it very interesting that maybe the first two portions of the show were a lot of the usual names. You know, we expect these guys to put up a lot of numbers. We expect these guys to struggle or to be works in progress. But you also, on your your Twitter timeline, showed a chart of who you expect to be the improved quarterbacks next year. And the top of that list is Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, so that, I mean, I think a lot of that, since that was improved on fantasy points alone, that was yeah. just more so the ACL injury. I, I think 
Garoppolo, the offense, they've got a lot of weapons around them with getting Debo and Hurd just to fulfill or round out that offense with all the weapons they have now. They can pretty much attack with anyone on the top 10 options. Um, but I think a lot of that was just the injury itself taking away most of the season. Okay. Uh, you also have Lamar as the second most improved player. Um, do you ex- I think we all expect to know what the running is, but do you expect his passing to be more efficient, better numbers? I kind of do. I'm starting to come around on that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of great things this offseason about him, and I know we have to take that with a grain of salt. But, I mean, this seems like they're working well. He's working really hard this offseason. Um, the accuracy worries me. I even watched him back since I went to NC State um, for undergrad. And okay. so I saw him myself. And even back then, I was watching him just overthrow some guys, and it was kind of a concern. But I, I think it will get better this offseason as well. And I think, especially I think it with. It has to. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? He'll be, he'll be keeping those defenses honest by putting a QB spy on him. They should open up some. A couple other names that I think stick out on that list are Wentz as an improved player. They just signed him, signed him to a monster deal. I think he's aligned to be back at that MVP-type level. Agreed. I think Jackson was a huge pickup for them. Yeah, yeah, and I think health, obviously, is the key with him. Mm-hmm. But two other interesting names, and we've brought them up a lot. And, like, in the fantasy community, I've been saying, since he's a sleeping dog in terms of fantasy production, and Andy Dalton and Mariota are the two guys you, you kind of highlight of Boy, they could take big jumps in their production next year. Hundred percent. I think yeah. Dalton. I think the Zach Taylor move. I mean, we've yet to be seen what he can do in a full season under the helm. But we saw back in 2015 when he was interim offensive coordinator. Not really sure how much this will carry over after being under McVay's system. But when he was offensive coordinator, the Dolphins were 32nd in rush attempts. So I think that should let some pass opportunities open up for him just as they focus more on that. And I think when Zach Taylor was working with Jared Goff, when I was scouting Jared Goff coming out of college, I thought his range of outcomes could be anywhere from Matt Ryan to about Andy Dalton and not to, not to insult Andy Dalton. I think he's a good quarterback. That's just how highly I saw Goff. And when looking at Jared Goff's stats with Zach Taylor as his coach, um, his yards per attempt was 8.4 yards per completion was around 13 and he threw the ball 561 times and comparing that to Dalton's average Dalton's average 7.2 attempt as opposed to that 8.4 average completion was 11.5 as opposed to 13 and he threw the ball 522 times as opposed to Goff's 561 so I think Taylor will bring over some of that system that McVeigh ingrained in him I said Dalton has watched every single play of the Rams offense last year to help learn the system. So I think that should naturally bring up the overall output for Dalton next year. Yeah, I I think that that offense is due to spike. And people forget, I mean, the first half of the season when they were healthy, the Bengals offense was doing well. I mean, their defense Mm -hmm. was horrific, but Dalton wasn't playing poorly pre-injury. Definitely not. Um, Last question I have for you, Ryan, then we're going to wrap this thing up. You also have least improved quarterbacks, and I think it's safe to say you're not the biggest Case Keenum believer. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean, I I think he's a great guy. I loved Good his neighbor. hard knocks tape, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think that the Haskins draft capitals too much to really let him sit the full season. I've seen it in the past. 
but I think the Redskins are just kind of on a search for some kind of direction right now. The Alex Smith injury was brutal for them. I thought that was a good pickup at the time. Just didn't quite work out. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Keenum's really going to, I think, get off to a rough start. Um, I think Gruden's a great coach, but they always seem to hover around the 500 line. And if there gets to be some contempt in D.C., I think Haskins can get his shot. And I don't know if he'll really relinquish it. Yeah, I, I do agree with you that Jay Gruden is a vastly underrated and an exceptional offensive mind and coach. And I also echo your sentiments that Keenum's one productive year as a starter in Minnesota will go down as one of the flukier years in recent quarterback memory. For sure. For sure. Ryan, again, where can they find you on Twitter? This was a blast, brother. We'll have to have you back on before the season. Yeah, so you can have, find me at Ryan Miller NFL. On Twitter, I try to post a, a thread about at least one player a day, just trying to get you geared up for all the fancy drafts and other NFL content leading up to the season. Yeah, guys, he's a really good follow. And again, all these charts that I brought up are from following his timeline. Just scroll down a little bit. You'll find them all. They're all very detailed. There's much more here than what we even talked about in this podcast. Ryan, thanks again, man. All right. Thank you.